flip-flops come out tomorrow. So you gotta hang on till tomorrow. Don't be tears. Tomorrow, tomorrow. You'll be flipping tomorrow. It's only a deal away. This, this is the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Justin Williams. Hey guys, what's going on? Justin Williams here. Thanks for tuning in to the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that little jingle jam I did with my son, Kaysen, and then my daughter, Brillin, jumped in at the end as well. Um, you know, last week was Kaysen's five-year-old birthday, and you know, for his birthday, we were driving around and letting him listen to the music that he wanted to. And my wife went in to go grab something. He kept saying he wanted to listen to the any music, the any music. So I was like, okay, I put on all kinds of music. He's like, no, not this one. And I put on like a different genre or different kind of music. No, dad, the any music. And then finally, my wife comes back into the car and she's saying, no, he wants the Annie music because they just got the soundtrack from the you know the new movie Annie. So um, he sang that song with me. You know the the deals will come out tomorrow, and it I thought it was so appropriate for this episode because um, you know it's, and this business in general because you know for us it was really la- the end of last year and the beginning of this year was kind of tough. And now we we made some adjustments, and I've done this several times in throughout my business in the last eight years, where I thought, oh my gosh, like I can't do this business anymore. It's not what it was before. And there were times when I I went into panic mode a little bit, but we kept pushing through, and we've done that same thing again. And in the last three weeks, we have purchased more houses, put more houses under contract than we have ever done it any three week period um and it's it's amazing we've put 22 houses under contract in the last three weeks we got five houses again last week we got five houses the week before that we got 12 the week before that and then so far today you know, i'm recording this episode on monday it'll come out wednesday I'm recording on monday and we already have two deals just today on monday and you know it's it's amazing i mean if you Hang in there, keep learning the fundamentals, learn how to do this business, put systems together. Think of how, not if, but how you can accomplish your goals and and make those things happen. And they may not happen right when you want them to happen, but you know, the the deals will come out, the sun will come out tomorrow. You know, it's only a day away. Like you are so close to reaching that breakthrough. You are three feet from gold. I mean, you're so close to Reaching your dreams, it's really within grasp. Um, so I, I, I lo- love that song, love the the meaning. Um, thank you for Kaysen. Thank you, Kaysen and Britland, for helping me out with that. Um, really means a lot. So, um, okay, so once again, as you know, last week was a great week. Um, we had a great meeting this morning. Uh, something that I got from Andy and just going to the mastermind meeting that I'm now a part of. And I've wanted to do, but we're, we're starting to do a weekly meeting. So this morning was our first meeting, started at seven o'clock, started with you know me and Kyle and we were talking about the education side of the business and all the all the fun stuff we get we get take care of. Um in that regard, uh, you know, the education I love, but there's all these like oh man, websites and plugins and all this stuff. So we anyway, we get to talk about all that and Kyle deals with all that. Then we bring on, you know, Vanessa and Kale and start talking about acquisitions. And then we brought on uh, all the different acquisitions people got people that we have out there 
Tom and um, Darren and, and just all the guys that are helping us buy houses. And it was phenomenal. And then we talked about property management, brought on Jordan and talked about property management. And it was really cool because we spent about 15 minutes with each person and was able to really dig in, find out how things are going, get an update. So I'm really excited for those meetings. And I think it's going to give our business even more fluidity, more um, union, more um, just a more streamlined process and goal-oriented. Anyway, I'll keep you guys posted on how those are going, but I have a feeling that it's really going to help take our business to the next level. Uh, I would encourage you to do that as well. I'm not a big meeting guy, really, because it takes time. You meet up, everyone drives somewhere, they kind of twiddle around for a while, talk about fluff. You know, So I said, okay, we need to have meetings, but we need to keep them very concise. So literally, it was an hour and a half for everybody, but I mean, for me, but everyone only came on for a little bit. Vanessa was on most of the time because she helps coordinate everything. Uh, but it was really cool. We got through a lot of stuff. We were really concise. We used a tool called Zoom. Um, Zoom. I don't know if it's zoom.com or zoom.org, but um, check it out. It's Zoom. You can have these meetings with up to 25 people. It's what we've been using that in our weekly calls with the House Swing Formula coaching program as well. And they've been incredible because we can have people come on there. Uh, they can ask questions. They can streamline um, stream, they're streaming in their, their video so we can see them. It's more interactive. It's really cool. So, uh, anyway, I encourage you guys to get that. Keep working on those systems. I'm keep working on them. And we figured out, we kind of made a goal. I want to call it a firm goal, but it's like, Hey, if we can buy five houses a week on average, that's like 260 deals for, for a 12 month period. Um, so we're talking, you know, it's not going to happen every week, probably that we buy five houses, but, we thought, why can't we buy a couple hundred this year? So that's kind of our goal. I'm going to buy that. I want to at least hit 150. I didn't quite hit my 150 last year, and I was really like, Ugh. but um, anyway, I'm hoping I can hit that. Market's on fire, guys. I mean, at least here in California, it's crazy. Uh, we're buying houses. We're selling houses. Um, things are interesting. Things are interesting. I mean, be, you know, be careful because we are in an interesting market, and who knows how long, you know, until the music can stop or as they say, but just be smart. Know your numbers. If you're new in this business, wholesale your properties. Make sure you're really mitigating your losses. Try to have a plan B and do all those things that I always talk about um, and that I try to teach and and go after your dreams. Okay. So, um, all right. So, this week was an incredible interview. Um, I had the chance to interview my now good friend, Ken Corsini, that I just met a couple weeks, a very inspirational. This guy is doing amazing things in his business. Um, just a top-notch guy all around, business owner guy, really got into some some touching things about you know some challenges he's had with, with his son recently. So anyway, I won't, I won't blow his thunder. Um, really excited to share this interview with you. And without any further ado, I give you the man, Ken Corsini. All right, guys, we are in for a treat today. I've got my man, Ken Corsini here. Ken, how's it going? It's going great, Justin. How you doing? Doing fantastic. So Ken and I just met, what was it, two weeks ago, Ken? Yeah, about two weeks ago. So a lot of you guys have heard me talking about this incredible mastermind group that I just joined. Um, and Ken is in the group. He's one of the guys I met. We were just joking about before the call how we actually sat down and had and had dinner together, and we talked about all kinds of stuff. I think you were asking me how I do my rehabs and how do I do them out of state, and 
I think we talked about religion. We talked all kinds of stuff, but it's kind of funny. I was like, I don't know a ton about you other than I know you're highly qualified because you're in this mastermind group. And, you know, Andy McFarland said you're a stud. So um, it's kind of cool. Everyone at home can be kind of like a fly on the wall as I get to know more about you, what uh, what you do, your background, and how you've found so much success in real estate investing. Sound like a plan? That sounds perfect. I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to have you. So t- tell me, give me a little more about your background. How did you, you know, how'd you get involved in real estate? What what's, what's Ken all about? Okay, well, I'll give you sort of the, the dirty background of how I got into real estate. I actually, so I graduated college from University of Georgia back in uh, 1999. I went to work for a big insurance brokerage and it was a, you know, sort of the corporate Fortune 500 thing. I did that for five years uh, on the software consulting side and actually really enjoyed my day job. It was actually a really good job, but being an entrepreneur at heart, I just knew I had to unplug somehow and get into real estate. And so I started listening to Carlton Sheets in about 2004. Nice. It's funny. I, I actually picked up one of his uh, his courses at a garage sale for like $10. And That's it was hilarious. like 10, 10 CDs, you know, all the notebooks and whatnot. But I kid you not, I had those CDs on. I probably wore those things out. I listened to them over and over again. And it, like the more I listened to them, the more interested and intrigued I was about how I could get into real estate investing. All these new concepts were just so exciting to me. So, you know, I I don't mean to cut you off, but I did the same thing when I went, I got my first course from a guy that hadn't even done the business for six years. And I just listened to it again and again and again. It was so intriguing to me because I didn't know any of that stuff at all. Um, So I think that's just interesting. It sounds like we both kind of started learning from material that may not have been the best. But it was enough to kind of get us going. Yeah, I, think, right? I think I know where this is going to go. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> well, it's funny because you were Carlton Sheets. He was sort of like the king of the or the original info product guy. Yeah. And so a lot of the a lot of the information was outdated. Really, exactly. I mean, stuff he'd put together back yes. in the eighties. Yeah. But the concepts still hold true. Yes. You know, just getting my head around uh, these these concepts. You know, I'd listen to it multiple times just so it would sink in and it would be sort of become second nature. I really had a good grasp on it. And uh, so I sort of got my education that way before I bought anything. And then in 2005, really sort of the unconventional route, I actually bought into a franchise, believe it or not. It was a company out of Seattle, sort of a fly-by-night company. And I took out a home equity loan, spent probably way too much money and bought into the, their system. And, and basically their system was they were training people how to do assignments where we would find lease purchase tenants, we would find them a house and then partner them with investors who would buy the house on their behalf. Nice. It was, it was really interesting. And we, honestly, in 2005 when the market was cranking, I mean that made sense because as an investor, you know, they didn't even mind buying a house at market value because you just assumed values were always going to increase. Yeah. And so that worked for about two years. Till about 2007, everything crashed. That company <laughs> folded up shop. They disappeared. But at that point in time, I had 75 deals under my belt. I nice. had some a little bit of confidence, a little bit of education. And so I had to quickly figure out, okay, am I going to keep doing real estate? And if so, what is it going to look like? And so I started a renovation company in 2007 and, and figured, okay, let's go out there and buy some of these foreclosures that are being sold so inexpensively, fix them up put those same tenants that I'd already been working with in place and still sell them to investors. But now I'm selling them deeply discounted. Uh, they've got some equity built in. They've got a tenant in place. 
that in the, the property's cash flowing. And so we sort of called it the turnkey model. And uh, little did I know there were, you know, a number of other groups around the country doing the exact same thing. I think I maybe thought that I had <laughs> invented the turnkey model at the time. Totally. And, uh, and so this was 2007, and really that's been my bread and butter for the last so many years. Obviously, the market sh- shifted and changed. It dropped more, and then it's really come roaring back here in the last couple of years. So we're now – turnkey comprises probably half of my business. Uh, the other half is just traditional fix and flips. We do some wholesaling. We do some new construction now. But we're at a much higher volume, obviously, than we were then. We, we do about 100 deals a year now, and there's a staff of about 10 of us. Um, but that's sort of at a high level how we got to where we are today. Wow. So you guys are busy. So you you talk about your core team members. Um, I mean, is this your company or do you work with someone? Do you have a partner? How does that work? Uh, so it's my company. Yep. I started it. It's, uh, you know, I'm the sole owner of the of the company. Now, I've I've brought people on that, you know, at this point, you know, I've got a general manager that's been with me about five, six years now, you know, who's very much a core part of the team. And a handful of other people that have been with me for a number of years, and same thing. They're you know they feel like core team members, um, even though they don't have ownership. I mean, they're still very much a part of our team. And honestly, we're a really tight knit group of people. I mean, it really feels like family when we get together. We've really put together what I feel like is a really strong, healthy work environment. Yeah, that's great. So I, I mean, I love systems. I love to me, it's all about people and systems, right? People always ask Absolutely. me, how do you do you know over a hundred deals a year? I'm like, you know, I don't want to oversimplify it, but people and systems, right? Get the right people on the bus, put yep. the right systems in place. So let's, do you mind if we talk about those team members? I know I told you sure. 20 to 30 minutes, but yeah, if we go a little longer, no big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested. I'm being selfish. I want to know. No, that's fine. <laughs> no, I'm wide open, man. I love it. Okay. So, so let's say you have your general manager and they kind of run the a, whole business or how does that work? Yep. So general manager, he honestly, he's, he's sort of me when I'm not around really yes. is what it is. Okay. And I, you know, I'm not around all the time. In fact, I try, I try to disappear from the office as much as possible and <laughs> put my head down and work. And absolutely. I'm the, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I try to have Vanessa run my entire everything. So yes. Yeah. It's sort of like you have a right hand man that can sign checks and do wires and do all the stuff that, you know, I could do. Yeah. Okay. So, so we've got him and he's, like I said, he's the general manager. We've got our office manager who sort of sits at the front desk, answers the phones, gets all the utilities turns on, helps with marketing, sort of the utility person that sort of does all the mundane things that need to get done on every property. Okay. Um, and then I've got a sales manager because I've you know we're selling to a lot of investors. It requires a good bit of time with those investors. So we've got investors that'll fly into town and do bus tours and need a little bit of hand-holding or just need to be sold on Atlanta. And so we've got our sales manager that handles that side of things. So they mainly focus on the turnkey, selling the turnkey investments to the investors. Correct. Okay, cool. And he actually wears two hats. He does that. Then he also sort of our transaction coordinator as well. Okay. He he sort of oversees, you know, where where we're going to get the money for every deal and and places that private financing. Most of our deals are, are funded via private finance. Okay. And so... He's sort of overseeing whose money's going on what house and making sure that you know we get to closing you know with with correct HUDs and, and things like that. So those are sort of the two hats that he wears. Okay. And then we have a, a, a so we actually have a traditional brokerage that we brought in as well that just was we got to the point we got to the size where it made sense to have our own in-house broker. Okay. Um, to hit, especially on the on the retail fix and flip side of things and and and, and the on the acquisitions. Especially back in the day, we were doing a lot of HUD home store and REO, so it made sense to have our own in-house brokerage. So we've got a broker, and she oversees some of the agents that hang their license with us. 
Um, but she also all of our retail fix and flips. So she's sort of the salesperson on that end. Okay. So any given point in time, you know, we might have 10 fix and flips for sale. And so she's fielding all those phone calls. Okay. Um, I've got an acquisition agent who just works the, the REO and the HUD home store. So she's perusing those every day, making offers every day. I've got a full-time leasing agent because we're leasing half of these properties. Got it. So her job is just to get these properties leased. Because you said you have to have a property management company as well, correct? We do, you're, yeah. Because you're turnkey, okay. Yep, so we have property management. And that was that's sort of a story in and of itself. We can maybe touch on that uh, you know, later in, in the next point conversation point. But we, we needed a leasing agent. I didn't want to just turn it over to property management and say, hey, these are our properties. Fold it into the rest of your properties. Make, make sure they get leased. I wanted to make sure that there was one person assigned to only my properties, and that was her only job. Get every one of my properties leased. For sure. Okay. And so she's in-house with us as well. And then we just had our uh, field guy who'd been with me three years. He just left me this last week. It was so sad to uh, see him go. And, uh, but we brought on a new guy. In fact, this is his first week. And so we call him like the field manager position. Okay. So basically, they're putting 200 miles on their car every day, just oh, driving all over Atlanta. All the houses. All the houses every and every day, you know, we're looking at something to buy, and so you know, just driving all over town and giving me estimates on the houses, taking pictures, you know, assessing whether it's a house that we want or not. So they're just focused on helping with acquisitions, not or are they focused on project management as well? They do both. So they're they in the both. field. So totally yep, they'll sense. run by. Yep, they'll check on our crews. We have three full time crews that I wouldn't really necessarily consider core team members. They're really contractors. Yeah, they're independent. Uh, but they're, I mean, but at the same time, most of them are full time with us as well. But so my field guys overseeing them, making sure that the jobs are getting completed, you know, in a, in a timely fashion and, and scouting out new properties. Love it. Uh, and then I've got a bookkeeper who's part time. I've got a CPA that's part time. Um, I think, oh, and then we just brought in a new girl about two weeks ago who also is handling our sales. So we've gotten into doing a lot more wholesale deals. And I brought her on to handle the wholesale deals because um, that's more of a local market thing. And we hadn't really had a good presence locally. It's kind of interesting. We've had more of a presence nationally than locally. Hmm. So her job is sort of to, to develop re- relationships locally and sell our, our wholesale deals to local investors. But then she's also <laughs> she also has the opportunity to get listings for the brokerage. And you know this, if you do any direct mail campaigns, and we've, we've gotten pretty heavy into direct mail for off-market properties, you're only going to buy a small fraction of, what, of who you market to and who responds. Yep. The overwhelming majority of the people that respond aren't going to be interested in our offer, but they still want to sell their house. Yeah. So there's this really good untapped opportunity to go after those listings. For sure. And so we brought her on to also do that. Let's go out there and get some of these listings and it's really like shooting fish in a barrel. It's unbelievable. I mean, you'll get, you know, for every 50 leads, we might buy one house, but that leaves 49 leads out there that potentially become listings for us. Wow. Okay. So I've got like so many questions. <laughs> did you mention, did you mention acquisitions? Yes. Yeah, so I've got, uh, so interestingly, the off market acquisitions right now is, is mostly being handled by our general manager. He sort of transitioned into that role while we continue to figure it out. And then the, the, the stuff that's REO and HUD Home Store, I've got an acquisitions agent that just monitors those and, and makes offers all day long on, on those properties. Okay. So let's kind of 
back up here. Yeah, I'm, I'm counting. I think you covered all 10. Uh, <laughs> let me just make sure we have everything <laughs> covered here. So you're, you're mainly in the Georgia area, correct? Correct. Yeah, Metro Atlanta, really. Okay, and then I'm assuming you just have this marketing prospecting machine and then you depend you you get the houses and then you determine okay is this going to be one we want to wholesale one we want to fix and flip is this going to be one that we want to use as a turnkey property right is that how you that's exactly right you every time we get a property it's a, you know if a good deal is a good deal we're probably going to buy it the question is you know is it sort of falls through the funnel what what type of house is it going to be and you know the yeah so we look at it from a, is it a turnkey house maybe it's a house that i personally want to buy and hold and add to my portfolio. Maybe it's a retail fix and flip. And then sort of at the bottom, if it didn't fit any of those, okay, then let's just try to wholesale it locally to another investor. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about the beginning. So the, the marketing and prospecting. How how are you doing? It sounds like you said you're getting a lot of um, HUD homes, a lot of REOs. Are you still, or, or you said you're doing a lot of direct marketing as well? So that's, we're like a lot of other guys. Our business really dramatically shifted in the last year, year and a half yeah. where we owned HUD Home Store. We okay. had, I mean, custom software built for HUD Home Store. Wow. And we would pick one, you know, a couple off every week. It was awesome. And then, uh, and then really REOs and HUDs dried up. And so we quickly shifted, you know, really last year into figuring out, you know, the off market deals. And so now we're, you know, we're still, we don't have it down to a science. I wouldn't say we're the expert by any stretch. We're just sending out a lot of postcards and figuring out, you know, how to get these off-market deals under contract. Yeah, sounds like you're kind of like me. I mean, it's funny because people all the time are like, "Well, you must be an expert." I'm like, "No, I just doing it, <laughs> right?" I mean, I've only been doing <laughs> it right. since like mid last year as well. And then I hook up with a lot of other guys who are experts at it and are good at it, and buy houses from them as well. So, yep, um, yep. Okay, cool. So you're just doing the typical direct mail, maybe some online stuff, uh, anything. Any special acquisition tip that you found to be helpful? You know, um, we li- I like the uh, absentee owner list. I mean, I know that's sort of the go-to list. We've done high equity. I like absentee owner because most of those houses are going to fit what we're buying, especially for turnkey yeah. or, or wholesale because they're, guy- they're typically investors that are burnt out for whatever reason. Um, and so it's been a good list for us. And it, usually we get pretty good response rate on those. Uh, but we don't – I mean, it's nothing special. We just send out postcards. We're not even doing yellow letters right now. Granted, we're, we're going to try to fine-tune this this year and, and get a little bit better at it and explore some new lists. But for, for sure. now, it's just But you've got to start. And and so many cards. people want it to be perfect before they even take action. And I'm like, look, like, quit sending me your copy and asking how you can tweak it. Like, send, Get something out there. <laughs> get the phone to ring. And then Absolutely. you can adjust as you go. Um, it's all about taking that action. So, yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so you've got... You know the the leads come in. Who's taking these calls? I assume your GM isn't like taking every single one of these calls, correct? No. So right now we've got it going to Ring Central. Okay. Um, instead of taking the calls live, and I know there's a lot of debate on you know whether to take them live or send them to. I mean, I I actually I kind of like the Ring Central method because it honestly lets you allocate your day a little bit better. Yeah, you sure. sort of have more control of when you're going to call people back, and so I mean, believe it or not, right now it's mostly my my GM. Who's had to transition much of his workload to to focus on the acquisition side, and it really it's more because I want him to figure it out until we bring somebody on and he can train them effectively. Yeah, for sure. And you, and you have you know Ring Central helping you go through some of those calls that you don't want to take anyway. 
So yes, yeah, it is, it is a debate on take them live or have someone else take them or let them go to voicemail. At the end of the day, I mean, I say, hey, if, if you're brand new and you only have a few hundred bucks to spend on marketing per month, okay, you know, and you're able to take them live, take them live, like squeeze everything you can out of it, right? Learn, sure. figure it out. Yep. But no, as you're growing, and that's what my platform is all about, you know, teaching people how to actually grow a business, not just a job. And it starts with the fundamentals. You've got to do it yourself first. But that's why I love interviewing guys like you so people can see that bigger vision. Um, I don't know about that's you, right. but if I were taking all these calls, I wouldn't last very long. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> right. Because I'm wearing so many other – I would be wearing so many other hats. And it's like I – People always say like, oh, it's so hard taking all these calls from all these people. I'm like, well, if you're not taking the calls, it's not that hard, right? If you're not getting sworn That's at right. all the time, it's just a numbers game. It's like, okay, how much money did I spend to get a deal? Um, yeah. What is, do you know? How much do you guys spend on average to buy to buy a house? Uh, it's kind of funny. So one of the the ones we the mailings we did at the end of last year, we ended up buying 45 properties. From one person at one time, so it Jeez. completely skewed. It skewed our average all over the place. But that happens, though. I mean, forty. I've never bought forty-five from one person, but we just bought three from from one person last week, and you know those things happen. It's part of the game. So it's yep. it's yeah, it's really cool. Okay, yep. so hmm, yeah, how do we? But on average, I mean, I'd say you know <laughs> two thousand or so, fifteen hundred to two thousand to buy a house, something like that. I mean, to, for a normal deal, I, I would. I wouldn't anticipate spending more than that. Yeah, and I and I love that. And it's you know it's different. Like if we're on the coast or whatever, it's more depending on what area you're in. But um, that's what I always tell people. I say, look, like you got to look at this as a business. Don't look at it as, oh, you know, I I spent several hundred dollars and just got yelled at. No, if you're spending fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand, twenty five hundred, and you're able to make ten, fifteen, twenty from that, then you've you've got something going, right? You, sure. It's just a matter of setting up the right systems. So that you're able to manage this, manage the business. So that's right. Okay, yep. so we got we got the acquisition going. So you get it in, and how how do you determine? Okay, this is going to be a wholesale deal. This is going to be a flip. This is going to go into our um, turnkey rental portfolio that we're going to sell to another investor. How do you determine that? Sure. So uh, the the turnkey our turnkey sweet spot seems to be between well, with us selling a property between. 80 and 130,000. And if we're going to sell it, we're, we, we really need rents that are going to be strong in that area too. So if I'm selling a house for, let's say, 120,000, I really need close to 1,200 in, in rent. It's like a one to one ratio. Like a, yeah, like about a 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Price to rent ratio. And so if we find a house that's it, that kind of falls into that category, then we know, okay, this is probably a great property to turnkey. If, if not, you know, we might find a, find a house that comps out really well, really strong, but there's no rents. Well, it, then that might be a good retail deal for us, and especially if there's a lot of activity in the area. So we'll flip that into a retail deal or just a traditional fix and flip. You know, some of the lower end houses that have really high cash flow, that's sort of what I'm looking for personally right now. So if we get some a really inexpensive property, the rents are really high, that's something I might just fold into my personal rental portfolio. And then if it doesn't really fit into any of those categories, then we'll just look at wholesaling it. To, to a local investor. So what's your what's your go-to? Do you prefer the turnkey to put in your turnkey or just whatever? Yeah, I think that that's our go-to is turnkey. But just because we know we can sell them, we have a we've got a pretty good pipeline of investors. So if it you know if the if the numbers line up, we know we've got an exit for them. 
So when you sell these properties, it's kind of interesting we're having this conversation. Last night, um, I actually talked to a friend of mine who I haven't talked to in well, like a couple years. And he has some extra money. And he's like, he texted me. He's like, hey, I'm looking to do some real estate investing. I'm super busy. Um, he's an, an eye doctor. What's that called? A uh, Ophthalmologist. Op- yeah, op- optometrist. Optometrist? Oh, optometrist. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. there we go. Together, we can get it figured out together. That's right. And so I said, hey, give, give me a call. I said, I'm looking into doing some some of this you know, turnkey stuff is what they call it. Um, and fortunately, I just got back from our mastermind. Because here in California, like we don't do a lot. Of, when I hear turnkey, I think, okay, the house is like ready to sell, right? And yeah. I just got back from our mastermind meeting. And like a bunch of people are doing the turnkey model. Um like you, like you mentioned, I, I had heard of like one other company before. I didn't realize it was such a thing like in the rest of the country. So this is, this is really good timing actually for this interview. Interesting. So I didn't really know what kind of advice to give them. I always try to give people subjective advice to where it's like, Hey, there's probably some pros and cons here. I don't know. At the end of the day, it, it can, it just depends what you want to do. Right. And the company varies and the house varies and there's not that one size fits all. Right. So sure. my, my assumption is I'm trying to, so when you sell these properties, my assumption is since it's turnkey, ready to go, you know, you're selling to people who may not be like have time to be like a hundred percent investor on the ground full time. It's more like the doctors and the people who they, they want to put their money in something and they want to get into real estate, but they just don't have the time, right? Am I correct? Um, that's exactly that's exactly the profile. Yep. So when you're selling these, I'm assuming it's turnkey. It's ready to go. It's probably not at too much of a discount, which shouldn't be because it's retail, right? I mean, are you selling these for like retail price, correct? You know, we try to come in slightly under retail if we can, um, but we've also typically done a full-blown renovation too. Totally. So that they're getting a house that doesn't need anything. Um, it'll be upwards of maybe some some of the comps in the neighborhood, maybe not quite as high. I, again, with where the market is now, it's tough to sell with a bunch of equity in place just because the market's tightened up. But but yeah, for the most part, I mean, you're you're approaching market value. But of course, the other aspect is you're also getting the tenant already vetted and already in place. Cash flow is already there. So when they close day one, they've got some income coming in. Yeah. So your motivation to sell um, a house as a turnkey, you can basically make the money as if it were a flip, but then you also are able to um, get get a monthly little bonus from for project management correct i mean what, what's the what's the motivation um with the turn is a turnkey house easier to sell than a just regular fix and flip you know honestly my motivation more than anything because it's not necessarily i don't necessarily make i don't make more for sure on a turnkey i probably make a little bit less than if i if i went retail okay but they're just solid borrowers. I mean, if you anybody that sells retail knows you're constantly getting FHA borrowers that Got just it. waste your time and then, you know, fall out of contract and I just like to know that I've got an exit strategy that's going to close quickly. A solid person's going to close quickly and then you're able to get a little extra cash flow cuz you have a good management team who's able to project management that and you're getting a little extra each month, correct? Well, actually, no. I mean, that you're talking about property management. Yeah, like is that a perk? Yeah, is we, that, I mean, it's like, hey, we, you know, we have a property management company. We're able to kind of support both companies. Is that so? Our prop, our that's a great question. So, our property management is actually a joint venture with an existing property management company in Atlanta. Okay. I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. I wanted to partner with somebody who was already doing it really well in Atlanta. So we actually partnered with an existing company that had a really good platform for property management. 
And honestly, property management for me is not a profit center. Okay. It's honestly, okay. for me, it was really just a matter of, I need really good service because the only way I'm going to get repeat customers is if they have a really good experience with property management. So it, it gives you a good exit strategy. It, it, it helps with your exit strategy. And, and I like that. I was wondering, I was like, how in the world, and that's why I have all these questions for you. Like how in the yeah. world you have, you know, a fix and flip company, a wholesale company, a brokerage, a, you're doing all this marketing um, and, and like a property management company. I mean, I do a lot of volume. People don't understand how I do it all. And I'm like, how in the world is Ken doing all this? So (laughs) a lot of people, I I probably have more staff than you too. That's a lot of people to support the business. Yeah. You you have a lot of people and then, but it's good to know that you've kind of outsourced that, that management, that property, because that's an entire business on its own, right? It is. So, yeah. And, you know, clarify some turnkey guys, that is the perk for them. Some of them really just want to build that property management business up. Um, it's never really been something that we've been interested in. For me, it's more of just, it's a cost center. I just want it to be a really good top-notch service. Yeah, well, you can only be really good at so many things. And a lot of people kind of spread themselves too thin, too quickly. True. And you can grow yep. into other things, but no, that's cool. So, okay, as I've been buying out of state and learning more, um, at, you know, I've only been buying out of state for a year, year and a half or so. Um, it, it feels like... You know, California is just kind of a different market. We're all in different markets. It feels like there are some houses that are just better rental houses. And if if you just put them on the market, they're going to be there a long time. But from what I'm hearing from you, it's like if you have the right turnkey buyers in place and you have a turnkey operation, you can get people who are, you know, the doctors just want it easy and they'll buy those houses from you and they may, may buy multiple. Am I? Yes. Is that correct? Okay, that's cool. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, cool. and see, you, it, it's funny because most of our investors come from California. Yeah. You probably got a lot of them in your backyard, actually, there in, in Orange County. In fact, I've sold to a ton in Orange County <laughs> because they can't, I mean, because it's just too expensive to buy rentals in, in their area. And so you look at a place like Atlanta where you have 2,000 square foot house for $80,000 and, you know, 900 bucks in rent. I mean, there's, you can't get that any, anywhere near where you live. So you have to invest out of state. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard. You, I was getting some of those deals, um, in like end of 2010, 2011 in like the high desert areas, but they've, yeah, they've like doubled and tripled in price. So it's, yeah, it's pretty, wow. it's pretty crazy. So cool, man. Well, that's awesome. Okay. So we talked about, uh, marketing. We talked about, let's see, let's talk a little about financing. How are you getting, um, your deals financed? So uh, most of them come through private, almost all of them. I mean, 95% of my deals are, are private financing deals. And, um, you know, probably when I first started out, it was I probably used a couple hard money lenders and and you know quickly learned that you can't pay fifteen percent interest and five points for very long and make any money. So yeah. I quickly went out there and started making relationships with um, with friends and family and friends of friends and acquaintances and and built up you know a good pool of private funds. Um, and the more and honestly, just you know for your listeners, you don't start off paying eight percent flat. I mean, you have to kind of work up to that. Um, you basically do a couple deals, get people comfortable with you and slowly bring down, bring down your rate where, you know, I was paying points before, obviously I'm not paying points anymore. And, um, you know, we pay between eight and 12% interest flat. It's still, it still seems like a lot, but when you're turning a lot of properties, I mean, it's just, it's a small cost to do. No, yeah, no, no, not at all. I mean, when you're, I always tell people like, how do you, you know, afford to pay the interest (laughs) it's like, well, you know, if you're going for an annualized return, I don't know. I, I always I focus everything on like one time and annualized returns, right? So right. I'm usually shooting for depending on how long it's going to take to the project, anywhere from fifteen to twenty percent 
um, return on the total capital invested. So if I'm paying someone a one-time 10% return, you know, and I'm getting like a 45% return or 50% return, that it's pretty easy math, right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. So, so that's Absolutely. pretty cool. So you're getting on average about eight percent. You're paying about eight percent. Well, it, eight on the low side, twelve kind of on the high side, right? Yeah, now. yeah. It's kind of interesting it how depends. you kind of you kind of get what you're looking for, right? That's what I found. You, you know, and after once you've done a few deals and you've got some credibility, then it's easier to go back and renegotiate. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's good stuff. So. Are you um, are you guys a deed of trust or a mortgage state? Mortgage, mortgage. Yep. Okay, so you're giving them a mortgage, or you're just doing straight notes? Yeah, we're giving them a mortgage. They actually go on title. They get recorded at the county level. So you know, from an investor's standpoint, I mean, it's super secure. You know, I got a lot of guys that lend out of their IRAs. Yep. Um, because it's it's so easy and secure, and it's a great way to get a you know really good return for your IRA. Yeah. Yeah, the guy I was talking to last night, I was like, you just need to do like deed of trust, because we have deeds of trust here versus mortgages. You just need to do okay. private money lending. And <laughs> and he's like, oh, my parents lost a whole bunch of money doing that. And I'm like, well, what did they do? He's like, oh, they just gave some guy 50 grand. <laughs> like, they just gave it to him. I'm like, okay, well, that's a good way to lose a lot of money. So Well, that explains it. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Right. So I explained it. He thought it was pretty cool um, that you can do that. I'm like, look, <laughs> to be able to get like a 10% fixed return, and have it secured against the property. And that's pretty unbelievable. I mean, it, that's what I'll, you know, 20 years from now, whenever, that's what I'm going to be doing with my money. Find someone who's Absolutely. a lot of houses. Yep. Do you, I try to keep the money working around the clock. Do you, do you do the same? Yes. So for, yeah. So for a lot of my lenders, that's sort of, even I sort of have a deal with them. I was like, I'll just keep your money in play for this flat percent interest. Yeah. Totally. And, and we, for the most part, can. It's very rare that I've got somebody's money that's not, actually in a deal. And I'm the same way. And a lot of people don't understand how I do that. And I say, well, you know, if you start with the private money and then you only use hard money when you need it, like, and you're doing a high volume, it's actually not too hard <laughs> to do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When you're doing a high volume, there's a lot of houses coming and going. There's opportunities to roll money on and off. So you'll just keep paying them. I and mean, if you close on a property and then you record a new mortgage on another property and there's like a few weeks, how do you go about that dead time or do you not have the dead time? So I've got so it's different because I've got a you know probably ten or eleven different lenders that I work with. So I've got a few lenders that have a, a good chunk of money with me, and for those guys, I'll negotiate. Hey, I'll just make sure that your money stays in play, and I'll pay you this constant rate. And there are times where their money might be a portion of their money might be out of play, and I continue to pay them interest on that. Yeah, just because they've you know, they've put so much money with me. Absolutely. But then the smaller guys that maybe have two or three hundred thousand with me, I, I'll I'll pay them as the money's in play. So only for the dates that it's actually on a house. Those smaller two to three thousand guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's all relative. Yeah. No. No. That's good. I love it. Um. Yeah. And no, I'm the same way. I just keep their money going. What we'll do a lot of times is, um, like. Before we even close on a property, I'll just go and if we're about to close, I'll just go record a new uh, deed of trust, which is a mortgage in your terms, um, against the new property, and they sign the reconveyance pretty much the same day, uh, and then they they don't go unsecured. Anyway, we do that sometimes when it's possible. Yeah, otherwise we just keep it rolling. So interesting. Yep. Good stuff, man. All right. Well, that's a lot of good stuff. What I don't know. What are do you have any tips for people who are looking to get started and in the real estate business? Um, you know, when I got started, 
especially after that, you know, the franchise company I'd been working with folded up shop. I had to kind of figure out, okay, what am I going to do here locally? Yeah, I kind of I went out there and figured out who the big players were in Atlanta. And before I went out there and just started buying up a, prop, a bunch of properties, I, I went and found these wholesalers and some of these flippers and, uh, and approached them just to say, hey, how can I help you? Um, can I sell some of your properties? And so these guys, you know, they were wholesaling, you know, 50 properties a month, whatever they were doing. And I would, you know, I'd sort of latched onto them and would try to partner on deals and, and get some credibility, get my feet wet. And I really worked my way into buying and buying, you know, distressed properties where I was the, the guarantor on the note and fixing them and flipping them. And I would say for new investors, you know, don't be afraid to ease into it a little bit. Don't go out there and just buy 10 properties right off the bat. You know, see if there's some more experienced guys you can maybe partner with initially Maybe go 50-50 with them on a deal. Maybe you sell their properties for them, whatever, just to get some experience under your belt before you, you take the plunge. Yeah, just do whatever it takes. I see so many people who, I mean, there's there's so much information to learn. It's like people, you know, I saw, you, I mean, you have like a, you have a couple degrees, right? So you went, yes. you've done a lot of schooling, but I see so many people who want to be this real estate investing like mogul. I said mogul. Is that a word? Is that a yeah, word? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like literally like a few weeks from getting going. And I'm like, it's like a real business. I mean, you, you yeah. don't need to go to school for eight years or whatever, but you've got to, it, it's an actionable business. You've got to learn the fundamentals. You've got to take action. You've got to learn. You've got to get involved with the right people. But every experience, like I don't look at it as a failure when I don't get exactly what I want when I want. When you make, you know, your first 10 offers and then I'm get accepted. I look at it as a, a learning thing, right? It's like I'm getting mm-hmm. educated. I'm basically getting educated and have a chance of making money along the way. And I think if people have that right mindset, it's going to help them keep going because I've realized people can only take so much quote unquote failure in their life before they quit. Um, and a lot of times in real estate investing, that happens within sure. a couple months of going. And from what I've seen, it usually takes people three to four to five months of like solid hard work and like going out this, going all out, not just reading books and stuff, um, before they get their first deal. Um, yep. so absolutely. Um, anyway, I know this is your interview, not mine, but I kind of, <laughs> I have the gift of gab. So, so Ken, um, you know, you don't, we, we don't have to get into this if you don't want to, you can actually delete it. I didn't realize, I know. So I was at the master meeting for the first couple of days and there was a day where we were both there and then you were there the last couple of days. So the group yep. was so big, they split it up and whatnot. And that's right. You know, I, I heard, you know, Jason talking about, you know, this guy who who wasn't in the group for a while and, and what had happened. And I, I believe that was you. Right. I didn't realize that until later. OK, yeah. I didn't realize that till until on the drive home. Andy's like, yeah, you know, and he told me he reminded me he told me about a little bit about your son. Yeah. Um, so do you mind sharing that with everyone? Kind of no, what's, no, what you've got? I don't mind at all. And honestly, I think it sort of ties in well to what we're talking about in terms of getting your business in such a place where you could handle something like this and it doesn't crush the business. So my son was actually diagnosed with cancer, uh, of July of last year. So 2014. And, um, I mean, obviously any parent, it's a, it's a, it's a tremendous blow. It's a tremendous punch in the gut. And, uh, he went, underwent some pretty severe chemotherapy treatments, um, all the way up through just about through Thanksgiving. And so for four months, you know, we, we, I was off the grid. I mean, I was nowhere to be found. I was in the hospital with my son totally. caring for him. And, 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 um, thankfully, I mean, you fast forward, here we are so many months later 
He's cancer-free, uh, really good diagnosis. In fact, we just had a scan this last week. I think he's got one more scan to go, and they basically give him a clean bill of health. So oh my he's, uh, he's four and a half. I mean, he, it's just it's an amazing testimony to the resiliency of kids, too. It's, un, it's unbelievable. That, and and I, have to, I have to give all praise to God because he sustained us through this. We, I mean, through a number of different circumstances, I mean, there were some pretty miraculous things that happened on the way to his healing, which are pretty incredible. Um, but he's completely healed now. And as I look back on the experience, I mean, it was obviously a traumatic experience for, for me and my wife and our family, but we are just so amazingly thankful for so many different things. Um, but one of the things I'm especially thankful for now that I can kind of look back and have some perspective on it is, uh, is that I could check out of my business for six months. Yeah. And and it's funny because I I literally spent sixty some nights on a oncology ward in a children's hospital, wow. and I saw so few fathers in there. It was almost all mothers because their fathers were out making money to earn a living, and and here I was one of the few dads that was there consistently. I didn't miss. I literally didn't miss anything. And to this date, I've not missed even a blood test. I mean, I've been there for everything, and it's because real estate has afforded me that opportunity. It's, I mean, I'm so thankful that my business is in a place where I can be gone and things, you know, houses continue to get bought and houses continue to get sold. And, um, so that's, I mean, that's, if anything, that's a, it's a testament to what real estate can do for you. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's not always that you're, you need to care for a sick family member as it was in our case, but, but you may, you know, just want to have a little bit more freedom and flexibility to spend with your family in general, which, you know, I do now I've got. I've got a, a very new outlook on things. Absolutely, I can tell you that yeah. my uh, priorities have been rearranged somewhat. So, you know, I'm looking forward to spending as much time with my family over the coming years as I possibly can. That's that's really I'm cool. I don't know if cool is the right word, but that's I got chills when I heard Jason talking about that. And then to hear you talking about it again, you know, just gives me chills. I have a four year old. He'll be five tomorrow. And I mean, you know, I, I don't think anyone is ever going to pass through this life and when they're on their deathbed and say, oh, I think I spent too much time with my family, you know? Um, sure. So it's just, it's good to keep that perspective. I try to keep myself in check and I think it's good to, to talk about it every once in a while because I'm always telling people, get out there, take action, make it happen, do it at all costs, you know? But <laughs> That's right. And we do, we, you're right, we create this business. What is our why? You know, we do these things for a reason and there's a deeper purpose to them. Um, but, but along the way, it is easy to lose track of what that purpose really is. Um, Absolutely. So, I, yeah, I think that's really cool. I appreciate you sharing that with us. What's what's your son's name? His name's Rocco. Rocco, I, that's a great name. Yeah. So anyway, our you know we'll be praying for Rocco, and I'm glad he's glad he's doing well. That's it. it just to think of my kids in that situation, I don't know what I would do. So I, um, I'm I'm just really really glad that everything's going well with you guys. So well, we appreciate that. It's definitely on this. It's a lot easier to talk about on this side of things. I know you missed. It's funny you missed the. The mastermind. I went up there and I, sh- you know, shared about it, and it, it was incredibly difficult to get through yeah. because it's so it's still very fresh for us. I mean, we're still you know kind of working our way through the healing process, but um, yeah, to be on this side of things and and to look back and have some of the perspective we do now that maybe we didn't at the time, we're just you know so incredible, yeah, thankful so to be where we are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've had you know we've had some challenges these past couple of years that you know I don't ever talk about. No one really knows about, but um, it's interesting when you look at those challenges, how, how much you can really grow from, how much it really changes your perspective, um, on a lot of yeah. things. So anyway. absolutely. Um, 
Well, that's awesome, Ken. It's amazing what you've gone through, what you've accomplished, um, what you've been able to do with the systems and running your business, even you know when, when you have these trials come up. Um, and that's what it's really all about. So that's really cool. Appreciate you being on the show. What? So you've got you've got a podcast that you just launched. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So we uh, it's, it's it's actually something I planned on launching last summer, and then of course things <laughs> things were put on hold for a, a number of months. Yeah. And so we're just now getting around to launching. Actually, it was just launched last week. The podcast is called Deal Farm, and uh, the website's dealfarm.net. And it's uh it's honestly it's a podcast where it's so, it'll sort of mirror my blog. And um, I've got a I've been blogging for Bigger Pockets for four years now, and I've kind of gotten in the habit of producing content. And actually, I really enjoy blogging. It, to me, it's been it's been really good just to kind of process different things that are going on in my business, and then kind of turn that around into education and commentary on on what I see is happening. It's helped me articulate my business better. Absolutely, I totally and agree. So I've done that now for four years, and it, it just sort of was a natural for me a progression to, to even repurposing some of that content in a, in a podcast. And so I'll take a, I'll probably take a lot of the blogs that I do for bigger pockets and, and then just talk about them on the deal farm podcast is just sort of commentary. And, and I honestly, I, I like to, I like the idea of a short podcast, like 10 to 20 minutes, yeah. just sort of the in and out chock full of content, not a lot of fluff. And then, and in, and the other half of our episodes are going to be what we call our best deal ever episodes, where we take guys like you who are very successful real estate investors and dissect your best deal ever, which for me, when I was getting started in real estate, was just really inspiring to talk to guys who were actually doing it and hear their stories and learn these creative ways to get deals done. And so we'll take you know your best deal ever and dissect it, and uh, and hopefully uh, you know inspire some other guys. I don't know how inspiring mine would be. It was a house that burnt down the day after we bought it. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we'll call that maybe your worst deal ever. No, but worst it was no. We made like two hundred and thirty thousand dollars on it. Um, it was they call it black gold. <laughs> <laughs> black gold. <laughs> because we got the insurance money, and then we sold the lot, and it just it was crazy. I was scared to death at the beginning, but wow. oh, don't do not try that at home. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> a bunch of insurance fraud Make claims. Sure, yeah, exactly. Make sure you get insurance, and I wouldn't. Yeah, I never want that to happen intentionally, but we just had a second one burned down in Texas. So, wow. Yeah, crazy. I mean, I guess after you do so many, it's bound to happen, I guess. Now it's like, okay, well, we've been through that process. Let's go through it again. It's not a fun process to go through either, but yeah, that anyway. magic gets dragged out. Well, that's funny. Well, I love that. So, dillfarm.net and or then go on iTunes and look up dillfarm. You guys just launched. You're in the yep. new and noteworthy. Congratulations. That's great. Um, and I know it's going to be a great podcast. You're just a great guy and an incredible investor. So I will be checking that as well. I encourage everyone else to, to do the same. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. So, awesome. All right, Ken. Well, it's been fun. Um, appreciate all your, your knowledge and, and your willingness to give. Um, and any final words for anybody? I think you already kind of did a, a little, uh, a few things. I don't mean to drag us out too much, but if you have any <laughs> final words. Well, no, I just honestly, I just appreciate you having me on your show. I mean, I, I look up to what you've put together with the House Flipping Headquarters and uh, look forward to being a guest again sometime. Okay. Yeah, we'll have you on soon. I could talk to you for forever. So, <laughs> all right, Ken, take care. Sounds good. Thanks, Justin. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Um, like I said, Ken's just an overall great uh, investor, business owner. And just a great person. Um, and I was really touched by that 
that interview and it just kind of helped me reflect on on life and, and the importance of uh, the things that really matter and um, anyway, there's some things I'm excited to share with you guys in, in the future. Um, some people I've been talking to, some things Tara and I and, and you know, we're looking into about kind of to have a little more depth, a little more meaning uh, to life, um, some some causes and whatnot that um, I'll probably be getting a little more involved in the future. So I'm excited to share with you guys. But um, anyway, just get out there and you know make things happen. You know, this life is so amazing with so many great opportunities. Um, you guys are in the right place. You guys are putting the work. You're spending your time listening to education. When other people are out listening to music or watching TV or or doing whatever, and you know those things are okay. But you guys are the real deal. So good for you. Get out there. You know, take some action. Live your dreams because because you can. You can do absolutely anything. Uh, you want to do in your life and in this business. So uh, don't forget to check out housepingachq.com slash seminar and sign up for our upcoming seminar. Uh, it's all about taking your business to the next level. We've had some people ask, well, what if I need to learn the basics? Uh, well, we're going to go ahead and send you our house flipping fundamentals course as well as the acquisitions seminar that I did last year when you sign up for that. So you'll have a really good foundation and take some action before you come. And there's nothing better than meeting people who are in the business, who are having success in the business, because those are connections that uh, will be huge for you. So don't miss it. It's a no-brainer. The price is um, incredible. And I'd love to re- to connect with you in person. It really takes things to that next level. So housewomenhq.com, uh, please sign up soon. The price continues to go up. We have early bird specials. Uh, until we uh, we keep raising the price as we get closer to the date. So we will see you there. So, um, all right, guys, I think that's it. Uh, have another great, have a great week. I know we're going to, we're going to keep pushing things here to the max and do all the, everything that we can. And I'd love to hear from you guys. Love to hear how things are going. What things have you learned? What kind of actions are you taking? Reach out to us, uh, Justin at House HQ. Love to hear from you. Have a great week. Love you all. And we'll see you on the flip side. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your your ultimate house flipping resource. For intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com. The flips will come out tomorrow, so you better hang on till tomorrow. There'll be deals tomorrow, tomorrow. You'll be flipping tomorrow. It's only a day away. The flips will come out tomorrow, so you better hang on till tomorrow. There'll be deals tomorrow, tomorrow. You'll be flipping tomorrow. It's only a day away. Okay, let's do it one more time. The flips will come out tomorrow, so you gotta hang on till tomorrow. There'll be deals tomorrow, tomorrow. 
You'll be flipping tomorrow. It's only a day away. Good job, guys. Go. The flips will come out. The flips will come out. A little bit louder. Okay, start over. A little bit louder. The flips will come out tomorrow. Okay, start over, start over. The flips will come out. out. Okay, start over. You do it on your own. The flips will come out. A little louder, a little louder. Go ahead. The flips will come out tomorrow. So gotta... Hang on. Hang on till tomorrow. Don't be... Okay, okay, so start over. The flips will come out out tomorrow. tomorrow. So you gotta hang on till tomorrow. tomorrow. There'll be deals. Okay, can you do that? So start over. Okay, go. Okay, the flips will come out. Okay, go. The flips come out tomorrow. So I gotta hang on till tomorrow. There'll be deals tomorrow. Tomorrow. I love your yeah. Tomorrow. I mean, uh, uh. That's good. That's good. Okay, so sing the whole thing again from the beginning. The flips will come out. Okay, start over, start over. Ready, set, go. The flips come out tomorrow. So I gotta hang on till tomorrow. Don't be a deal tomorrow, tomorrow. Okay, so start over. Sing a little louder. Start it over. The flips will come out. But start over. Go ahead. Ready, go. Sing it louder. Go. Ready? Sing it louder. The flips come out tomorrow. So gotta hang on till tomorrow. There'll be deals tomorrow. 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 I love you. Tomorrow. You're only a deal away. Okay, let's do it one more time. Daddy messed up. Okay, ready? You sing loud. Ready? Go. No, don't do that. Just sing. Ready? Go. Okay, start over. Ready? Brilliant. You keep, you keep talking when we're doing it. Come out tomorrow. Okay, start over. Start over. I was talking now. Okay, ready? Say go. The flips come out tomorrow. So I gotta hang on till tomorrow. Don't be deals tomorrow. Tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow. Cause only, it's only a flip away. Good job. Okay, ready? So sing it one more time, kind of loud. Sing a little louder. The flips come out tomorrow. So I gotta hang on till tomorrow. Don't be tears. Tomorrow, tomorrow. You'll be flipping tomorrow. It's only a deal away. <laughs> <laughs>